So um, we we need to take the word from something that's kind of uh, hopefully a spirit-led mind activity and bring it down into a heart-level activity as well. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. My guest today is Sterling Sawyer. He's the founder of Liberty Tree Ministries in Clements, California. I didn't know where that was, so I had to look it up. And it's near Sacramento, if you'd like to place that geographically. Sterling is a teacher prophet and a true student of the word. He's with us to share some of that knowledge in a three-part mini-series on achieving deeper and lasting Christian growth. And that's what we all want, isn't it, as Christians? Thanks for joining us, Sterling, and welcome back to Charisma Connection. Well, thank you for having me back, Chris. It's always good to be here. Yes, and in your study, I see you've been studying quite a lot, haven't you? Yes, I've been uh, looking at this particular model of man, uh, the prophet, priest, and king, for quite a long time, and uh, it's, it's been very beneficial to me and, and uh, some of the people I've taught. Wonderful, and I'm sure it'll be beneficial to our listeners as well. So you have found that each and every person who follows Christ is, in one sense, a prophet, priest, and king. So if we want what God has for us in every way, we should learn how those roles apply to us. But we often think of those roles as mainly applying to Jesus, don't we? Absolutely. And and he's, of course, the best example. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can also think of, of uh, King David, who entered into all of those roles at uh, some degree or another. Oh, good uh, point. So when I'm talking talking about a prophet uh, here, I, I don't mean, you know, somebody that necessarily stands up in church and delivers a prophecy. So the prophet here is more of an inward prophet. They're speaking to them, to their own selves. They're delivering the word of God to themselves, and there's a responsibility there. And likewise with the priest and the king, they have a responsibility to themselves to do this. So it's not just big fancy titles. It's uh, it's something that actually has a real, tangible, practical working in our lives uh, so that we can bring truths to a depth that cause uh, lasting growth. Mm. That's what I'm hoping for. Good, good. So each person, though, is unique, is different. Uh, How do these roles manifest in our lives in different ways? Well, um, they, they, they are very powerful in the sense that each of us has to come to God and, and learn to listen to his voice uh, seek that voice and discern whether it is or is not God. And then once we've received that word, we need to work it on through our being. Uh, one of the things I've seen too often, and we all have, are Christians who have received some truth, they seem to get it, but then later they lose it. The revelation, the freedom just don't stick. Mm. And this has happened to us all. It's happened to me. And, you know, there's been times when I intellectually received something, but I didn't make it into any depth. Or maybe I more emotionally received it, but it didn't really stick. And so um, what I'm talking about here is the ability to bring this through 
So it's in our heart, our head, and our entire being. And we start to move after God with with that fullness and that fullness. And that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And how does discernment play into the life of a prophet? Well, of course, discernment's a big deal. We we have a lot of words that pass through our heads. Uh, some people say that there are 1,500 words a minute that pass through our heads. I, I, I don't know wow. how they clock that. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, in any case, one way or another, we've thought a lot of words, spoke a lot of words, and heard a lot of words in a day. And so if we aren't discerning, um, we can take in a lot of stuff that isn't from the Lord. And we so we need to be seeking the Lord's word, but we also need to be discerning it. So the main way we discern it, of course, is against the Bible. Does it match up with the Bible? Um, the other way is, is, does it match up with sound doctrine? Does Do we have a check in our spirit? So these are things that we kind of learn as we go along. And I don't think there's a foolproof mechanism to do this. In fact, I think it's really beneficial to push hard enough hearing God's word to, to make a few mistakes. Uh, we don't like it, but nothing teaches like a mistake. That's true. Um, yeah. Don't be and afraid so, to fail. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. I thought, I thought that was the Lord step out on it and maybe you find out it isn't. Maybe you, hmm. maybe you have to apologize. Maybe you make a mistake. That's okay. After a while, you'll build a solid uh, understanding of what is and is not the Lord may not be perfect, but it'll be, it'll be very good. And that's what we need to do. And that just happens with experience. And as we continue to uh, step out in faith. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to discernment, I think of all the noise in our lives, not just in our own heads, but, you know, as we watch the news, perhaps. Uh, Nowadays, there is a lot of news about the coronavirus. And, um, you know, just sometimes you you need discernment even as you're watching the news, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. It comes at us uh, from all angles. It produces a lot of fear, and so that's another part of my ministry is dealing with fear. Hmm. And uh, because that's another thing that blocks us from even getting started with anything. And uh, so we want to be able to press through. And if we're if we're not discerning uh, what the Lord is saying about something then we're, we're floundering in the darkness just like everybody else is. Hmm. And that's not actually where he wants his children. He wants us to understand what he's about, and, and he gives us light. So we need to walk in that light. Well, he's certainly not a God of confusion. He tells us that. Uh, yes, amen. So what other kind of struggles or distractions enter the life of a prophet and and how do we combat those? Do you have an example from your own life, perhaps? Right. So um, I'm very distractible. I'm, I'm kind of ADD. Mm. And uh, and now, you know, they've even developed a term, uh, E-ADD, electronically ADD, because oh, we have the cell phone that. with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the cell phone with us all the time, and it's just terrible. So in my morning prayer times, um, when the weather's permitting, like today, the sun's just come up and it's a beautiful day out here, um, I'll go out uh, by a tree that we have and I'll just pray out there. But I won't bring my phone with me. I won't bring my computer with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I go back to the paper Bible 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's actually a little hard for me, but th- that's a discipline that I need to do in order to be at all quiet before the Lord and to hear. And uh, then sometimes I uh, spend a couple of minutes just trying to be as silent as I can be. Uh, because we don't practice any quietness in our lives, mm-hmm. so um, that that really affects us. So um, I, I think I think the monks the... had it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, in emotional, healthy spirituality um, uh, by uh, Peter, I can never say his last name. Um, uh, gosh, but uh, he 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 does a wonderful job of talking about the fact that we do need some silence, and he has a follow up book day by day. And uh, again, he just is he he does bring out the fact that this is kind of a monk practice that we that we've abandoned that we do need to have that quiet time before the Lord, so that He can speak to us, and that founds us and starts our day off on the right track. Mm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So how can we uh, learn to have the flow of the Holy Spirit in in this uh, prophetic uh, way of looking at things? Right. So what, uh, what I've come up with here is an understanding that Jesus operated as a prophet, priest, and king, and that these three components are actually... Uh, components that we can use in our own lives as well. He's an example to us. And so I I need to to not only receive a word and discern the word, which is kind of the prophet's part of it, well, just to uh, finish what the prophet does, the prophet needs to sanctify the word. Mm. If it is the word of the Lord, it has to be separated from all those other words or it gets lost. Mm-hmm. It gets lost in that torrent of words and swept away from us. Because but that I've is sometimes... what sanctification is, isn't it? It's yeah. being made holy it or is. set apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we can set apart that word, that's important. But there have been times when I've put a word up on a shelf and I haven't remembered to take it back down and it just sits there and collects dust. That's not what he intends either. So I need to bring that word down and and put it into use. And the first use I put it to is prayer and meditation. And again, these are kind of lost arts. So um, Christian meditation is where we focus on the word. It isn't like an Eastern meditation where we empty ourselves. So it's a focusing on whatever the Lord is bringing up, whatever he is speaking to us about. So if it's a valid word, I want to spend time looking at that word and as I meditate on it, this is actually the handoff between the prophet and the priest. And this allows the spirit to take it from a mind that's being renewed to this word down into a priest heart level where it starts to renew my heart. So just as the prophet deals with the word, the priest deals with the issues of the heart. He deal, The priest deals with sacrifice. And then the king deals with putting something into effect. He deals with the kingdom. And so um, we we need to take the word from something that's kind of hopefully a spirit-led mind activity and bring it down into a heart-level activity as well. And what that means, uh, because it's probably not very clear, but what the prophet,
mean, sorry, what the priest does in the heart is there has to be a sacrifice made. So we can see this kind of in the life of Peter. Jesus comes up to him, starts talking to him about fishing. He brings in this full net. And at some point, Jesus says to him, leave your nets. I'll make you a fisher of men, not a fisherman. And so for Peter to receive the word fisher of men, he has to give up the fact that he's a fisherman. Mm-hmm. Now, he's just pulled in his biggest catch. He's got his boats there. He's got his men there. His business is going great. And you know how fishermen are about their fish. They <laughs> they want to brag on them a little bit. And he's got to walk away from all that. So mm. what I'm saying is that for a valid word of the Lord to live, something else must die. Something else is getting replaced. Mm. Peter has to let the fishermen die so that he can become a fisher of men, an apostle. So there's an exchange that goes on here, and this is the work of the cross deep within us. And it's not that easy of a work. This is where it gets hard, is we've got to let something die, and we think that something is us. And it feels like us when it's dying. That's the really hard part of this. The fact of the matter is is that the Lord never takes anything away from you that is actually you. All mm-hmm. he's taking away is stuff that you've added on that isn't you. It covers up the sin. It covers up the shame. It covers up the hurt. It's, it's defense mechanisms. It's fears. None of that is you. And so he pulls away this um, uh, cancer of the soul. But what he, re- what he releases is the healthy man underneath. And so the priest begins to make this transition here by knowing what to sacrifice and what not to sacrifice. And so the word guides that, the prophetic word that you've received from the prophet component of yourself guides this other component on on what dies and what lives. Mm-hmm. And so that begins to bring us to a very powerful point then. And then we go on to the king, don't we? Right. So then the, the, the next stage is is we enter into a kind of a resurrection with Christ. We've been willing to die with him and be buried with him. Now how much more will we also be resurrected with him? So we enter into this new man rising up, and that spreads over into the king region. And so the king now has the opportunity to harvest the fruit that has been from this planting. So if you kind of look at it as a seed, the prophet has received the word seed. The priest has been willing to plow up everything else that was there, kill it, and then plant the proper seed. And now the seedling has come up, and then eventually that has grown to the point where it's now stretching over the walls into the king's realm, and we have with us than the fruit. And so the king receives the fruit of this effort. And the fruit is not just for the king himself or herself. The purpose of the fruit is to be able to be distributed out to the kingdom. You've received wisdom. You've received a blessing of one form or another. Now it's time to share it. Now it's time to put it out there. And uh, so that 
the king receives a very strategic understanding of how to share something, and that's what the king is about, is building the kingdom with uh, these blessings that have been received, but he applies them strategically. So um, uh, Solomon uh, receives all of these blessings uh, that have come to him and to his father David, but he now has to strategically put it into place. He gets the plan for the temple. So that's how that's how that worked in his particular situation. Mm-hmm. But each of us has a way that we can present something. Okay. And that well, is as, to benefit the world. As we look back on the profit part of this, uh, you had mentioned fear and how that can how we can encounter that and how can we overcome that. Um, Is there a way in which you've experienced a lot of fear in your own life that you might uh, share with our listeners how you overcame that? Yes, I I have had moments of fear, um, as we all have, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know whether I've had a whole lot more than other people. I think I probably have had somewhat more than, than a lot of people. And uh, fear in the prophet's life expresses itself with a lot of uh, double-mindedness, uncertainty, self-doubt. Uh, I find myself procrastinating a lot. That's the way fear really? expresses I'd it. Really, I never my... do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all we all struggle yeah. a little bit with procrastination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And, and sometimes I'll even find that I'll I'll get really busy working on something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm now I can excuse it because I'm doing so much work, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not at the on the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing that the, the second thing I'm working on I'm doing because I don't want to focus on the first thing because yes. there's some fear underneath that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we oscillate between two opinions. So mm-hmm. We have all sorts of doubts. Uh, sometimes you'll hear thoughts in somebody's mind. Um, uh, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm stupid, that that wasn't God, uh, I don't know if that's God. And in this process of, of being double-minded, they lose the, the truth seed that God is trying to plant in their life, hmm. and that falls away. And so I've, I've, we've all done that, I've done it, and we, we lose a lot of uh, things that way. So in my, uh, my other website, uh, courage.com, Center, which is a weird name, but Courage.Center, <laughs> I, I work a lot with uh, the fear-courage thing. A lot of fear is actually a habit you're trained into uh, from your childhood on up, and we can easily start substituting a courage habit for a fear habit, okay. and we can start meditating on the things that God has taught us. And um, But even sometimes I've found that uh, even prayer is difficult. You know, well, you know, you're in fear. Open the Bible. You open the Bible, your eyes move over the Scripture, but sometimes there's so much fear that it's just really going in one ear and out the other. You're, mm-hmm. you're still not picking up anything. And so sometimes you have to break that fear to a, uh, to a large enough degree that you can even really connect with God in, in a profitable way. Uh, God's always there in a merciful way, and so we can call out to him at any time, and he will answer us. But the most profitable way to call out to God is, is in, a, in a more faith 
uh, filled way. And uh, obviously, if we're shaking in our boots, that's hard to do. So there are just little techniques that we can use that help break that fear off of us. Mm, and uh, interest is strangely enough, if I if I can mm-hmm. kind of give you a little story, if that's okay. Sure. Um. So recently, I woke up in the middle of the night with um, uh, chest pains, and mm. uh, they continued to get worse. I got up. I was walking around and. Uh, praying a little bit, really uncomfortable. The the pressure just kept building and building. And I, you know, obviously was concerned that I might be having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And I've had some chest pains before when I throw my back out a little bit, but this was, this was something a little different. It was many times worse. And uh, eventually after a couple couple, three hours, I finally woke my wife up. I'm a little slow about such things. <laughs> But I woke, I woke her up and I said, hey, I'm having chest pains. And boy, she was out of bed in just a flash. And we were he- heading on down the road. It was the middle of the night, but we were heading down the road to the hospital. And uh, we'd only gotten a couple miles and we started praying. And this is where it's often really good to have somebody else, obviously. Mm-hmm. Started praying and the pain went away instantly. It was just incredible. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, it was gone in, in just seconds. It was just amazing. Anyway, we we thought it was prudent to go ahead and go to the hospital. I went there. I was checked out. I was fine. Uh, so that's great. That's great. But what I really realized at the end of this is I hadn't entered into fear in the whole process. I hadn't even been anxious. I'd been concerned. There, there's something there. To, to be looked at, mm-hmm. but I wasn't actually anxious or fearful. So that was a that was a, a unique experience for me, mm-hmm. and it was kind of showing me that just studying courage for a while has an effect on our lives, and mm-hmm. so that was very powerful. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. What a testimony! And uh, yeah. Yeah, but and it's one of those things where I was kind of saying, well, you know, I know this works with small stuff, but does it work in the real world, Lord? Mm. And it was kind of like he, he answered me, yes, it works. <laughs> and, <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like an experience so, like that to sort of solidify what what the Word teaches us. Yes, yes. And, you know, the first thing that the Lord says to us uh, when he shows up, when an angel shows up, is fear not. You know, it just kind of shows who we are. We're, we're really entering into fear very, very easily, and, and he doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And so we're commanded numerous times to fear not, but I don't know that we're actually trained too well on how not to fear. But anyway, fear drives the prophet uh, in a way that, causes him to be double-minded and lose the seed that the Lord plants. And so, obviously, the prophet needs to get over that fear mechanism. Part of that is being trained in the familiarity with, with the Spirit, with Christ. The longer we walk with Christ, the easier it is to hear that voice and not to vacillate too much on it. Mm-hmm. So that, no more of that double-mindedness. That re- right. Because it really robs us. You know, as the scripture says, the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and shall surely receive nothing from the Lord. So we want to break that as, as fully and as quickly as we can. Yes. 
Well, one more question, Sterling, as our time is about over here. Um, the identity of the prophet. Could you speak to that a little bit? Right. So the whole identity thing is very powerful. There's no word that you receive that is probably more important than the Lord telling you who you are. Mm. So he he tells Peter, I no longer call you little stone. I call you rock. I call you Peter. You know, that's an important moment. And so the Lord wants to speak into our lives who we are. And the fact is, is that unfortunately, when we were unsaved, and therefore the prophet wasn't working properly, the prophet, prophet uh, when we were unsaved, the prophet portion of us tends to, of course, work poorly. And so it allows all sorts of words to be brought into us that are false words. The only person who can speak to your identity is your maker. He's the only one who knows how you were designed, what you were designed to do, and how you're supposed to do it. And unfortunately, we've let everybody else uh, describe to us who we are and what we're about. We even have opinions ourselves, of course, on who yes. we are. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I, you know for, for many years, I just kind of thought, well, I'm me, so I'm the expert on me. And that's uh, completely false. I I know the fallen me, but I don't know the full me that I'm supposed to be. And that's true of each one of us. And so we have to spend time with our maker to come up with an understanding of who we are truly meant to be. And so uh, even we're not even qualified to comment on who we are, okay? Uh, so the Lord brings a, a word to us. And that true word needs to be regarded and cared for. And that truth needs to be allowed to go through our depth and start to bring us to a fullness. And so in in the follow-on series, we'll look at uh, priest and king and how that word works through a little further. The identity word or any true word, any truth that the Lord gives you needs to be worked all the way through so it becomes part of you. Mm-hmm. And once it's part of you, once it's part of that heart and part of uh, your your uh, doing, what, what the king is about, it just really becomes a very strong component. And it, it isn't something easily uh, lost. And that's that's really the goal here is to bring freedom to people that they don't uh, then turn around and lose. Sterling, as we close, would you mind praying for our listeners that we would understand what it means to be a prophet? Yes. Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Mm. So, Father, you created us to be vessels of your word, to receive the word that you speak to us. And that word is to be our bread of life. It is to be the the light to our feet, to our path, so we know where we're going. And, Father, I just ask that uh, for each listener and for myself, that we would become a people who seek your word, Father, who discern that word, who hold it tight to our hearts, Father, that that word would go forth and do everything it was sent to do, Father. It will not return void. And I just pray that blessing on, on your people, Father, that your word would enter deep into their heart and do everything it was meant to do. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sterling. 
And uh, we want to give your website. Actually, you've got two. You mentioned courage.center, and then there's libertytree777.com because you're from Liberty Tree Ministries. So once again, libertytree777.com. Sterling, we sure appreciate your uh, insightful teaching, and thank you for being with us on Charisma Connection. Well, thank you for having me, and it's always a blessing. Thank you. And in our next episode, as Sterling said, we'll be talking about what it means to be a priest for the believer. And I think it has more to do uh, than, uh, I think it has more to do with, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to let that go. But there are all ways that we are priests to each other, and we'll learn more about that from Sterling Sawyer next time. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us here on Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out cpnshows.com, where we have some excellent new shows starting, including Consider, uh, including Pray Beyond with John Graff, of the Church Prayer Leaders Network and Prophetic Spiritual Warfare we've had for a while with Kathy DeGraw. Some great content there at cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.